Maybe you should go and do some contemplating. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Rose Betty's. This is the fastest we've ever gotten into this. Like, we literally just walked out of the living room and just sat down in our studio and just, like, started shooting this shit very casual. We are going as fast, as furious as possible. Because our baby has been asleep for 90 minutes, and that means we have, at a maximum, 50 minutes. <laughs> so we're not going to get a whole podcast done, but that's okay. It seemed to work well last time. I liked listening back. Um... At the last episode where I was half drunk at the beginning of it, and then I was very, very, very sober during the back half of it. And it was like that movie Memento, because there's things you missed the first time around. This is a podcast where we talk about The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and The Bachelor in Paradise family of products. Um, And we just watched another episode of The Dang Thing. And just a moment ago. Just a moment ago, and I'm still I've still got that glow. I'm sorry, no, actually let's 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 put it let's put the tiger up on the table and yell at it. Um, the episode ended with a little ditty by Josephine that's kind of still, it's still sort of banging around in my head. You know how the first time you saw Hamilton, like, you just had to unpack it for a bit? Uh Uh-huh. Very similar. Josephine was not throwing away her shot. She did not, well... (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. She threw it away a little bit. A little bit. Um... So this episode begins uh, with the cliffhanger from last week. In media res, as we say in the entertainment oh, business. I don't like it. Well, you don't like Latin? I, I, it's, I, the, it's the foundation of all the romance languages, so. It feels a little Carpe showy. Diem. feels a little showy to La me. La Bohem. It feels a little showy. Okay. So uh, last week, as you'll recall, um, he confronts Liz uh and says i don't think anything's gonna happen with us i think you should maybe go home liz says cool she leaves we know this week is going to begin with nick telling all the other ladies about his uh rendezvous with liz this is going to be such a huge litmus test for like who's down with this show because in in this situation the smart thing to do is completely ignore that that anything happened and just like Oh, I don't care about that. How was your day? Any complicated emotions you might feel upon hearing this news? It's week three. It is not time for your emotions. It's the third week. It's best that you stifle any insecurity this may have brought up and just pretend like you just found out that Nick has seasonal allergies. Yes. You're like, yeah, of course. Why would I care about that? Hay fever, whatever. Um, So it's a cocktail party. So it's extra pressure because he's given out roses at the end of this party. So the women are extra cool with it. <laughs> so most of them are. I am yeah. um, so awful with names. We had so much trouble keeping the women straight this episode. I think by the end of it, I have a pretty good handle on everybody. It was a good, it was everybody got like a, a scene this episode, I feel like. But at the beginning of it, I was like, is that Sarah? Is that Whitney? So you were taking notes at the beginning of this episode. And yeah, let's talk about it right at the top. You want to talk about that first line? Because um, it's not so much germane that you don't want to talk about it. It's not so much germane to the subject of the episode we just watched, but um, it's about the Rose Buddies Facebook group, and it's a very important part of both of our lives. I had it open, and I was just kind of lurking uh, throughout the episode, and people were saying some really funny shit um, about the episode and about Secrets Resort. Is that like a, that, is that a swingers thing? 
I don't know. There were it's, commercials for it during the show. That's why people were talking uh, yeah, about it. Yeah, no, and I know, and it's been on there for the past few weeks. Um, and it's the same one where it's like these women talking. One of them was like, "How was your honeymoon?" And she like smiled, and it shows a bunch of shots of like sex stuff. But one of the things is some old ass grandfather clock ass looking keys lowering into like a vase, which is kind of like a key party, I guess. Or maybe it's like a sex metaphor, like in North by Northwest when the train goes in the tunnel, you know? Are we talking about this because this is where you want to go? Yeah, so anyway, the Facebook group, um, you are you moderate all of the entrants. If you enter into the group, you've been personally handpicked by Rachel. She is the fucking sorting hat. And she we decides. Have over 7,000 people, and I would say... Um, 98% of them have been approved by me. <laughs> and there was a story you told me while I was cooking dinner tonight. Because um, for my wife, my wife, <sighs> my little catfish collard greens thing. Um, you told me about a person who tried to join the community. And I feel like this was an edge case, and maybe we should bring it to sort of the tribunal. Um, because it was a person who had started their Facebook account today. Yeah, just so you know, if you've decided to get back on the book in the past week uh, just to join Rose Buddies, I'm going to be a little suspicious. It is the, it's the only metric we have. The, the, this story is fun, but the only reason why we shot this person down out of hand is because they started their shit up today. And like I've, we've had too many people try to sell glasses and jeans on other shit that like we we don't fall yeah, for that. Yeah, so it was it was a picture of a woman, um, and I was suspicious because her account started today. And then I opened it up, and she had filled out some information. She filled out a few pieces of information, and her job was she was a taste tester. And you're probably wondering, I've been in Jerry's um, or Edible Arrangements. Um, no, her job was uh, this 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 uh, bot that definitely started their account this morning. That's definitely a bot. Um, their taste tester at Pussy is what the account yeah. said. And so I wanted to sort of put that on the table and like get a, a, a up or down vote. You know, on. so I ignored that request, but I didn't block it. So if you're out there, listening. if you're out there and it was a mistake, <laughs> please put it forward a second time. We are sorry for putting you a blast. We did not say your name, um, but it's like this group is important to me and it's a family. And I want them like <laughs> if they want if they want like this particular person to be in the group, like go for it. Um, go go ahead and shoot, but they are going to try and sell you discount Ray Bans. Um, okay, so can we get back to the show? So we're in it now. Um, I'll tell you who was particularly cool about this announcement about the sex stuff was Raven. Raven was like, I like water off a duck's back, man. Are you sure you're not thinking of? Well, Raven was cool, but we only got a few seconds with Raven. We only got a few seconds with most of them. Sarah, Sarah was uh, was cool. Also, mm-hmm. um, she ended up talking about the, her grandparents' relationship. That's like how cool she was. She was just like, "Yeah, it's fine." And then That's they ended the up thing. talking about her grandparents. S- you really do get so little time. Yeah, it, it has to be like it's it's a big thing that people stress out about. And we kind of watched one contestant sort of collapse under the weight of this consideration during this episode, which is like you really do only get a combined total of maybe two minutes per episode if that with the with the bachelor or bachelorette and you need to make that time fucking yeah like the secrets are you don't complain you don't talk about other women uh you don't complain about nick um no god you you don't tattle yeah it's like 
if you have a story to tell about how formative your high school volleyball coach was, this is the time to do it. I don't mm-hmm. I don't care that you fucked somebody else. You're a 34-year-old man. Like, who gives a shit? I think shit? he's anyway, actually 36, maybe. Who, who care? I don't care how well Age is nothing but a number. I want to tell you about my high school volleyball coach. He was yeah. very important to me. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess... The only thing that really happens before the rose ceremony is Corinne's big move. Yeah, this was a confusing one, huh? So she tells us that that all the women are are bringing their A-game, and she's going to one-up them. Corinne has a rose, if you'll remember, from the group date. The group date. uh, From last episode. When she took her bikini top off. Yes, and and got Uh, um, Janet So she says she's going to use her sex charm. Uh, which is a direct quote, and then she puts on a trench coat over, like I guess, a uh, an underwear set. Um, it was a confusing strat. I wasn't quite sure what was going on at any time, and I'll tell you why. It's because ABC put the black bar. This it was the most unnecessary black bar. The end of this episode ended with a pool party where like everybody was wearing like pretty. Most most women are were wearing pretty revealing bikinis. Like, go for it, chase your bliss. If that's your, you know, go for it. She was just wearing a trench coat where like a quarter inch of if I were, side boob was showing, and it was like, no, we can't. The public can't see that. If I were a graduate student, I would write a whole thesis on how they use the black box to manipulate your impression of the experience. Because here's the thing. Because that black box was totally unnecessary. It was just meant to like titillate us. And not only that, sometimes they do the blur. Yeah. In the bouncy castle, I feel like, when they're, like, trying to hide a little bit of the butt, they put yeah. some blur on it. Make up your mind. The black boxes, I think they use the black box for comedic effect, basically, yeah, it's like a little wink. of the time. Yeah. Because uh, they did it for, who's that one, that one poor woman that... Oh, I feel like her name started with a J. Was it Jade? No, it wasn't Jade. No. But I know who you're talking about. The, like, fitness woman. Yeah, she was a fitness woman. She told that one really off-color joke during... She won a group date, and during their one-on-one time... Dude was like, I'm going to send you home now. Oh, uh, was it about the homeless person? She said a joke about a homeless yeah, person. It was really I awful. Her. Um, but they, it was her because I feel like that's when it started is because her butt was like, I guess, out sometimes. Yeah, that was and the joke And then she just anyway. got 100% butt, butt black bar coverage. Uh, so Corinne, not only does Corinne have this like, you know, sexy outfit under a trench coat, she also has whipped cream, which seems like like it's some it's some alley larder shit yes i tried to pull her name while we were watching the fucking episode and i just crushed it there's a woman from um uh varsity varsity blues Blues. (laughs) it was at hill street blues uh yeah this yeah um it's a weird it's a here's the thing if you're gonna do this i'm you i want you to eat whipped cream off me first of all Read the fucking room corn because he literally just had to like eat crow and stand up in front of all the women, which he did. He stood up in front of all the women. He's like, I want to be completely transparent here. Me and Liz had sex at Jaden Tanner's wedding. Uh, I tried to get her number. She said, no. If you have any questions about it, come and ask. I actually feel like Nick handled this basically the best imaginable way that he could. Well, the only thing that I noticed that was kind of sketchy, hmm. like we know he's telling the truth. Or at least as far as we understand the truth. But he eliminated the woman that could corroborate his story. So his whole, I asked for her number and she didn't give it to me, 
like for all these women know, could be made up because Liz I guess is gone. So, but that's also that would also be a weird look if it was like Liz, tell everybody the truth now. Now go. That would be. I feel like that would be. Yeah, equally, that would be. I feel like that would be equally. Still um, though, strange. like he's asking the women a lot to like trust his his recount of this. But story. not only that, corn. Like you have to understand that like Nick's whole spiel tonight is like I want to approach this with a clean slate and I don't want anything like getting in the way of my journey. And then here you are pull, pulling this, like, kind of, like, sorry, half-assed uh, Hill Street Blues maneuver. And it's just <laughs> like a, it's not, it's a it's a tonal mismatch. This is, and, and sure enough, like, it ends, it crashes and burns this weird, at first she, like, fills his mouth up with whipped cream. Yeah. And then tries to eat the cream out of his mouth. And at that point, my bones were like, and later. And then she sprays it on herself. Um, and she says, take it off my boob. Uh, and Nick is telling us, you know, it's, he, he is obviously attracted to her and that she is good at quote, stimulating chemistry. Um, but that he's trying to appreciate her while being respectful of the other women. Uh, and while this is happening, we're seeing cuts of women crying. I don't think it's no, related this is to this. Not, no, it was like um, <laughs> every woman in the house found out about the whip, about this bad Ally Larder impression and just burst into tears like. No, that's not uh, how we so don't. Jasmine G finally decides to walk out because this has been uninterrupted and Jasmine walks out sees them it's like oh uh, and turns she doesn't around. interrupt him Nick is like hey Jasmine come over here yeah. which is what really upsets corn she starts to walk back inside yeah um and then Nick's like hey hey come here and then she turns around and comes out and then Corinne instantly feels uh uncomfortable and runs inside and is like, nothing of my plan happened. She felt so stupid and this was so bad for their relationship. And then she gets in bed and goes to sleep. <laughs> Man, corn is so interesting. Are you are you saying Corin on purpose? Here's the thing. I kept saying Corin and then Corinne and I was like going back and forth and then like it's Corinne. No, I know, but she she goes by corn on her all our social media profiles, oh, which okay. people kept pointing out in the Facebook. So you're group. just trying to respect. It's her, easier to remember her wishes. And that's, that's it. Okay. Also, it's funny to refer to a, a human being as a as corn. Okay. So I'm going to keep doing that. Um, you brought up the comparison between her and lace lace last episode, and yeah. I think I'm a little bit more in your corner now because I really think it's a, a um, she's obviously at this point like playing a. A character on tv right like i think once you start doing the villain role on this show that is a snowball effect that you can't really bail out of um and like the amount of the sheer amount of shit that she does per episode is like that's that is dedicated villain behavior right um but at the same time she is also a 24 year old woman with a nanny who like seems like she doesn't know how to interact with anybody socially at all i think she's very easily manipulated which is the same thing i think happened with lace where it's these women who have a little bit to drink and then the producers probably (laughs) suggest behavior and then they just kind of follow yeah i don't even know if drinking like applies to it at 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 all because i i I don't know that's a weird thing to speculate about i just feel like I just feel like she is, she's really good at being a villain. Don't get me wrong. I think she's one of the, the more entertaining villains yeah. that we've had on the show in a long time. But I also think she's like weirdly self-conscious and um, uh, genuinely vulnerable. Like not in a way where she's trying to score points. Like she has a, a, a kind of a breakdown during one of the dates that didn't, didn't seem like she was trying to get the Bachelor's attention because she didn't like 
you know, holler for him to come talk to her while she had a cry in the bathroom. She like genuinely seemed very upset because like she didn't know how to like get get attention in that moment and she started to like second guess herself and it's like that felt kind of real. So it's not like Courtney who is just like a fucking Charlie Sheen like tagline um uh soundboard. Uh, like she she seems like she's really I don't know. She no, seems like she's, she's really yeah. uncomfortable a lot of the time. She's not like a game player like Courtney was, you know, where she like has a real clear strategy and like is steadfast in her approach. She gets these ideas, she executes them, and then if they don't go well, she's pretty much devastated. I'm really hoping she doesn't take a turn and it being like I mean, like, how how could she turn more than she this? She hasn't done I don't think she's done anything nasty. Like right? Like That's true. It's not directed at the other women. Here's a here's what gives me pause. I'll be straight up. We do a podcast about the Bachelor Bachelorette. It's a show that gets wicked problematic sometimes. Last season we talked about oh, this raw guy's real fun and he's really funny, and you know what? He's telling the truth. He's speaking truth to power. Yeah, no And kidding. then like the next fucking episode it was like, Oh shit, no well, way. They did kind of tease next week that Corinne is gonna have a confrontation with some of the women. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, so, it could that could still whatever. Yeah. Everybody is having conversations all the time. There's a there's a huge gulf between that and like genuinely like oh no she's a piece of shit. Um, I wouldn't done go in that direction because right now it's just like man she's very good at playing a very very good character on a television show. Uh so they have the rose ceremony. Um, some women go home that I don't really know. <laughs> Haley is one of them. Haley's one of them, and I feel like I remember her. Lacey doing... is one of them. Lacey, I don't. And then there's a woman in the yellow dress who doesn't get a name. That's how I met your mother. <laughs> it was how I met your mother. No, there goes Nick's mother. Okay. From how I met your mother. You, we watched two episodes of that, and I feel like you weren't really into it. But I think she had a yellow dress, or maybe yellow umbrella. Yellow was involved somehow. I don't know. I don't know, but um, Astrid, Taylor, Whitney, Christina, Danielle, Rachel, Vanessa, Jasmine, Raven, Jamie, Dominique, Sarah, Alexis, Brittany, Josephine all get roses. In addition to the women nothing. that already had roses that from was just name vomit. previous dates. <laughs> um, next day. Here we are. So Chris comes in. That was a rooster. Chris comes in and asks the women if they're well rested. Most of them say no. And then he turns to Corinne. Oh, we didn't even talk about Corinne during the rose ceremony. I mentioned that she went to sleep. Oh, she like, okay, I missed it. I missed you mentioning it because that's crazy. I can't think of anybody who's ever still been on the show who just like bailed on the rose ceremony. What's weird is they like didn't get her. They all kind of looked around like, where's Corinne? Where's Corinne? Nick apologized for her. Nick was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, ladies. Uh, and they just let her sleep. And then they continue to dub in snore effects. The snore effects. Over so... people sleeping, which I just don't believe are true. It's this show. This show subscribes to some sort of service that gives you like, and it's like a dollar a year and it gives you 20 sound effects. And it's like snore dot SFX. Moan. Moan. Dot kiss S- moan. Kiss yeah. moan. Yeah. Um, and it's just the same snore that they used for... They use the same snore for... Make out smacking. Yes. Uh, butt smacking. <laughs> um, it's the same snore that you, that they would use for, like, Juan Pablo. If they caught him napping during during his season. Like, it's just the same snore. It's a gender-neutral snore. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so she slept through the rose ceremony. So when Chris comes in the next day, he kind of jabs at her a little bit. It's like, Corinne must be rested, though, because you got some sleep. It's a fun little... 
Chris. Was she owned Chris it? Drab. I wish she was just like, yeah, I got the rose already, and I was tired, and it's uncomfortable. <laughs> One of the women I forget who said uh, was like, nobody wants to be at the rose ceremony. Yeah. It sucks at the rose ceremony. Yeah, but you do it. Um. So Chris kind of brags on the dates this week. He's like, we've really outdone ourselves. Um, and this first group date, you're really going to get your mind blown. And I'm thinking, Chris, you're a little cocky coming out here. You're usually not so braggy on these dates. Uh, so he leaves the card. The card has uh, Danielle, Kristen, Christina, Whitney, Taylor, Jasmine, and Corinne. And when they go to read the card, it just says, everybody, exclamation point. And they're all kind of looking around like everybody. And then the music starts. It's the BSB. It's everybody's friends. Fucking JC, Tony. <laughs> Lan- was, Lance? Lance, was Lance in that one or was he in 98? Or sync? Let me hit you with this. There was a JC, wasn't JC there? JC Chazé, but I don't... I Here's the thing. I can't keep him straight. There's a Kevin. There's definitely Kevin. Kevin is definitely fucking in Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Uh, and he was very serious. Kevin got one line in this whole episode, and it was like, we're running out of time. You guys need to get it the fuck together. Is like, Nick Carter in Backstreet Boys? No, babe. Nick Carter was 98 Degrees, I think. Who is your jam of of the trifecta? And don't give me some S Club 7 bullshit. I'm 34 years old. I miss the phenomenon entirely. Okay, but you have a fucking... Between NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and 98 Degrees. New Kids on the Block. Come on, get the fuck out of here. Stop it. I mean, NSYNC. If I had to pick NSYNC because... I think that's the right answer. Justin Timberlake is undeniably talented. Well, and also their songs were better. Although, I don't know. Backstreet Boys had the call. Did you hear the call? Let me tell you the story about the call that changed my destiny. It was about, um, I guess this woman started to kill all of them. Like, in the music video, this woman, like, called them. And when you got the phone call from the woman, she would fucking kill you. And so you watched all of them die. And that was the last song they did, more or less. <laughs> well, but they're back. They're yeah, back so, now. But then they have to sing. That's the resurrection ceremony. We watched a documentary about Backstreet Boys. It's really good. It's very fucking good because it also talks about their manager who was a kind of a sleaze dude, but he also had his fingers That's in like every... That's why I thought every, Nick Carter... Because isn't Nick Carter in that documentary? I don't know. He had his fingers in every like pie of every like boy band like popping off yeah, back And he then. took all their money, basically. He took all their fucking money. It's like a crazy story. But these dudes are like so legit about their music it is not a crass effort for any of them this reunion like mm-hmm. let's just get out there do our shitty shit for each of them it's like we got to get out there and do our art that makes the people yeah they like want to do new songs they like want to keep up their vocal talent they, they're doing new choreography it's really interesting uh and we find out that they are going to have a residency in vegas at the planet hollywood yeah. In Vegas. In, in March and June. March and June. Gotta get Just out. Just so to, you guys know. I'll get out to that. Definitely. Uh, so the guys all walk in to their song, Everybody, and the girls all lose their mind. I was disappointed that there was no confusion. Like, they read the names on the date card, and on the back of it, it said Everybody, and nobody was like, so are we all gonna... <laughs> are we all going? Oh, everybody? Everybody's going on this date, I guess. Uh, so the guys come in. They say, word of advice. No, All the guys, Luke, Chunk, <laughs> JC, JZ... Dace, AJ, Dax, J Ray, J Ray, RJ, <laughs> the phenomenal one, Howie, Howard, Howie was Howie was one of them, I think. I see. I always get confused because there's an older brother type in both In Sync and Backstreet Boys. Damn it! And I don't know. 
which is which. So that's okay. <laughs> um, Dirty Pop was a good song. That was in sync. That was in sync. That's a good song, though. Because uh, I liked it. Because <laughs> I tell you why I like that song. <laughs> I'll tell you what I like that song because it was them being fucking hard about the, about their music. They're like, no, 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 no. This is dirty. This is dirty. Fun. People coming around talking about what was that? Uh, I don't know. I'm a 34 year old woman. I don't know any of these songs. You know every word to Dirty Pop. That was the thing. It was like this isn't this isn't when that, they're gonna fade out. That was one of them. What's the game with this pop life and when they're gonna fade out? Because. I listen to that song, and I'm like, this is just like any other bullshit song by all these phonies. And I'm like, wait a minute. There's an edge to this pop. Dare I say it is dirty pop? This must be pop. And then that's when JT comes in, and he's like, don't, 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 don't. And you're like, ooh, he's going to break off and do this in his first album a lot. A well, lot. I think every boy band has this grand delusion that they're going to do a Beatles pivot and mm. become this like serious rock group. Well, I think more so every boy band had this no no no, we're hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Backstreet Boys came at you out the gate with that shit. Backstreet's mm. back? Where were you? I don't know. But the edge is there. Fuck. 98 degrees never had that. They just had that one fucking song on the Mulan soundtrack with Stevie Wonder. And it was a good one, but like <laughs> Uh, so the women request that the guys sing a little, a little song for them. Cause not every woman will get to go on this date. Uh, and so they sing a little, tell me why, which was a classic. It's a good one. Uh, so on this date, it's going to be a dancing date. They're going to have to learn a dance and then perform it in front of 500 people. Do you mean, I'm sorry, are you t- like they're just going to freestyle the dance or will it be a planned dance? <laughs> a planned dance. <laughs> oh, man. Sweet Corinne tells us right away she's not a good dancer. And she is telling Nick later on this date, like, I, I just, I can't do planned dancing. And he looks at her and he's like, planned dancing she's like what's it called when you have to learn he's like choreography she's like yeah yeah yeah." it's my favorite song from white christmas so they pop in like they're doing planned dancing (laughs) just kidding that's the fucking worst scene in white christmas uh pretty pretty timeless scene yes of course choreography (laughs) it's a new hot thing it's 1901 corinne's an old soul i guess so yeah she's not she's she has a nanny um, so Jasmine is a, um, a, like a professional cheerleader. And so she's kind of the clear favorite because whichever woman gets picked by Backstreet Boys as the, the best performer gets a little serenade with, uh, with her and Nick on she, stage. Jasmine is actually, I believe a former Dallas Cowboys cheerleader, cheerleader. And somebody yeah. pointed out there was some reality show about the Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. And I don't yeah. know fuck all about this show. I don't, I don't either, know if but it was she like, was on it apparently. Yeah. I don't know if it was like an American Idol style. You had to like compete to try to get on the squad or if it was just like about their life, but she was on this show. So a lot of people were like, Oh, I recognize her from that. Um, so the women show up for this date and, um, Nick is rehearsing with the Backstreet Boys in the studio. Uh, and Nick is is wearing a little sleeveless shirt. Um, he can I say something? Yeah, he looks like a Backstreet Boy. Nick is one of the Backstreet Boys. There's a Nick in the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, Nick Carter. Yes. Did I say he wasn't? You fought me so long on Nick. Who's Carter. the one in Ninety Degrees? The one that married Jessica Simpson. What Nick? Nick Car- Lachey. Nick Lachey. Fucking okay. Come on. 
It's just Nick's all over the place. <laughs> um, Don't get me started on Aaron Carter. Nick Carter lived in Cincinnati, I think. I definitely, I think I saw him, I definitely <laughs> saw him at Longworth, the karaoke bar that I used to go to all the time in Cincinnati. Um, and I just for freaked out. I was like, it's him, it's him. <laughs> Finally, it's him. I was so happy. He didn't did say he, did he, he do any songs? He didn't sing, no, he didn't. He left, he left before he saw me do my work up there. Hmm. I was really disappointed. But I saw him and it was Could like, be you on tour right now at the Backstreet Boys. Could be me. Tell me why it isn't. <laughs> That's a little joke I tell to the boys. Well, you know, it's it's ain't nothing but a mistake. It would be a mistake. We oh man, oops, we've gone so long. Okay, so um, Jasmine and Danielle are both kind of doing a really great job learning the choreography. Um, Corinne is not, and at a certain point, she becomes overwhelmed and runs to the bathroom and talks to Whitney about how she's super self-conscious because not only did she have that weird whipped cream fiasco, but now she's really bad at this and she just feels extra self-conscious. And, you know, it's like easy to feel sorry for her in that moment because everybody's had that moment where they're like trying to be a good sport, but they're like clearly the worst person in the room. Uh, and then they just, all their fears. I've never had that. I realize, well, yeah, I guess it doesn't happen to you, but. Not a dance, especially. Most Most of us have had that experience, I would say. Uh, and so it's it's stage time, as they call it in the biz. I had that moment once. We were just for jump rope for heart. We were doing it, and I was the first one out at the jump rope marathon. Everybody had to go, and it was whoever went the longest got like I don't know a, a razor. Is scooter. this in elementary school? Yeah, that's the last time you were embarrassed. It was the last time. Yeah, mm. Look, I tried to do I tried to do a trick. I tried to do the crisscross thing. Oh, Griffin. Where you slap it to the left and to the right, and then you keep going. Hubris always gets you. I, I hurt myself. I never jump roped again. That could be your zag for 2017. No, I can't. I'll, like, I'll never jump rope again. Okay. I hate that terrible cord. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that horrible jumping cord. <laughs> um. So they, they're on stage in front of the 500 people. I watched people. Aquila and the Beat, and the whole time, I was, every time they had a jump rope scene, I was like, Gah! Turned it off. Fast forwarded through it. Jump to the next chapter. Skip. Jump to the next chapter. <laughs> uh, okay, so do you know d- how I know there's a jump rope scene in the Kilo and the Bee, and it's the only thing I know. I've seen the movie. But I don't remember that there was jump ropes in it, except for the fact that your dad owns yeah, a jump is. rope from Aquila and the Bee. Rachel's dad collects movie props, and like he's got some, he's got some dope stuff. But one of the things he owns is a jump rope from Aquila and the Bee, and it's my favorite part of his collection. Um, he, he has props from, um, I believe, the Lost World, Jurassic Park Three, and also Lars and the Real Girl. Yes, and also inexplicably Aquila and the Bee. Yeah, jump rope. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of his horcruxes. <laughs> It's an it's a very unassuming Horcrux. Oh, okay. It's my favorite thing. I love it. Your dad got me the dope ass Mego Boba Fett. Your dad is like the best collector ever. Um, <laughs> it's just this one thing is like <laughs> it's a, it's a, <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about this. It's so good though. <laughs> okay. Have to move on. Um, huh. So they go out. They perform their dance. <laughs> I'm sorry, no, this is what 
watch Akilah and the Bee during the jump rope scene. He's just like, I own that. <laughs> I have that. We have to stop. It's jump rope. You have to stop ragging on my dad. I'm not ragging on your dad. I'm, I'm saying if I own the jump rope from Akilah and the Bee, I would have people over to watch Akilah and the Bee all the time. And during the jump rope scene, I'd be like, that's that right there. You see it on the screen. You see it in that box. It's mine. I own that jump rope. Nobody else What does. if in the future, the actress that plays Akilah commits a crime and they're like, if only we had her fingerprints. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad has to come forward and volunteer the rope. So I'm pretty sure can... it was actually a double dutch situation. So her fingerprints would not have been on the jump rope. It would have been her double dutch assistants. Thank you very much. Dun dun. Okay. Defending def- public defender Griffin Macker. Can we please talk about the show that we came here I to can't. talk I'm about? I'm fucking crying, babe. <laughs> I have actual tears going down my face. Okay. So the women dance uh, on stage, and the Backstreet Boys pick their favorite woman, which is Danielle, and then a really awful moment happens <laughs> where danielle and nick dance on stage while they sing acapella tell me why they said that there were 500 people in attendance at this concert they did not and I, look, I, did, no. I don't know if it was just the way it was shot it was like 97 it seemed like smaller than an acl taping yeah. like it seemed like a, somebody's bar mitzvah yeah it was it was very small uh and so they do a little a little romantic dance on stage oh shit and then it's time for the second location so at the second location, the women are having drinks. Corinne does the first steal away uh, because she wants to apologize for skipping the rose ceremony, uh, which she thinks that none of the women care about. And then we get a supercut of all of the women caring very much about it. Uh, and she talks to Nick for a little bit. They do some kissing. And then she says the line, I made Corinne great again. Ugh. Yucko. Real gross. This would have been shot, well, I guess this would have been shot like last, last fall. I mean, people started summer. campaigning a I long time so. ago. Corn. This yeah. is the kind of shit I'm talking about. Corn. So after this chat where she apologizes for sleeping through the rose ceremony, she then goes and takes another nap. <laughs> She's very tired all the time. Was Jamie on this date or was that at the end? Was she on the other date? Jamie was not on this date. Okay, Jamie was on the other date. Okay. Uh, and so Danielle and Nick have another little slow dance moment where Nick compliments her on her dancing and they're kissing and they do some more dancing and Nick just puts his Nick hands. Nick just gets his butt, his right butt, on her. quotia filled. Quotia? That's not the word. Um, <laughs> Qu- yeah, quota. And, and also while he's sitting there with her, he like, they kiss and his, Watch this, if you have it on DVR, watch his free hand as it does this weird orbit around her entire body as he looks for a comfortable place to put it. Yeah, she's wearing a very short dress and he goes to put his hand. I think he realizes like, oh no, I'm almost... Very close to... Yeah, so I need to move it. Oh no, that's not... That's still up maybe higher on the... uh, Hands up like (laughs) on her neck. Like, okay. Uh, And then a really great moment happens... Uh, Corinne wakes up from her nap, and she's talking with the ladies, and then she reveals uh, her relationship with a woman named Raquel, who is her adult nanny, and she details some of the things Raquel does for her. Now, Griffin, do you remember these things? I wrote them down. She... Uh, she makes coffee for her every morning. She makes her bed every morning. Yes. Um, she... 
she, the way that she phrases cu- the cucumber thing is the most infantile I've ever, thing of it, like phrase I've ever heard. Yeah. Cucumber like, snack. She makes she she does my cucumber snack. The cheesy pasta. She does the cheesy pasta, and I've tried to make the cheesy pasta. I cannot do it as well as Raquel can do it. And then something called a lemon salad. I don't know what that is. I guess is. it's got lemon and garlic and olive oil in it, is what she said. And then she says something like, because everyone's like, wait, you're 24. This is an adult nanny. And she's like, you know, it makes her happy. And if it makes her happy, who am I? Who am I to stand in the way of anybody's <laughs> happiness? Um, And all the other women just lose their shit they like all run to the bathroom and they're like what was that nanny's not the right word for for what raquel does right like why doesn't she call her her assistant assistant or such a more dignified way of discussing this yeah it's um i guess your assistant doesn't make your bed typically no i guess not apparently raquel also does her laundry um it's a it's a lot of stuff. Yeah, and it was it was this conversation vaulted off the back of another conversation of them talking about having kids with Nick and Corinne's like, can you imagine with a kid? I can't have a kid. I am a kid. And they were like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're 24 years old. She's yeah. like, yeah, but I have a nanny. What? Yeah, I can't. I can't believe that she shared this information so willingly. And she seemed to do so with no insecurity at all. Like, there was no part of her that seemed remotely embarrassed that this was a fact. She may just come from a world where it's not weird to have a nanny. Yeah, like, do you think she has friends that also have nannies? What's this cool club? <laughs> I mean, here's here's one way it would work. Now, see, we saw in the pre-show package that this woman is not an, an elderly lady. No. The one way it could work is if it's like a, like a, uh, I don't know, like a Peter Pan thing or something where they have this woman that's been with them for their whole lives. Ah, uh, an Alfred Pennyworth situation. I don't know what that reference is. Batman's. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Batman's Like if she grew up with this nanny who continues to look over her. But that is not the case. This woman seems to be approximately her age. Yeah. So, it could be a it could yeah. be an upstairs downstairs situation. Maybe it's her, maybe it's her uh, valet. Hmm. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? I mean that's not what it is though. It's not, is it? No. I don't think in Downton Abbey. It's like make me my cucumber snack. Yeah, no. Fetch me my business papers. I, I haven't want, watched that show in a while. I want the cheesy pasta for our guests. Make me the cheese. She also, the way she talked about it makes it sound like every day she eats the same thing. Every yeah. day she has Especially cheesy the pasta cucumber for dinner, snack. the cucumber snack for yeah. a snack, or her lemon salad for lunch, and yeah. coffee for breakfast. Yeah. Uh, so the group date, Rose goes to Danielle, unsurprisingly. And then it is time for the one-on-one date, which is with Vanessa. This was a good Vanessa episode. Van- this was also kind of a good Nick episode, and I don't know the right way to like talk about this, but I feel like after the last couple, I was feeling a little Nick negative. And after this one, I was feeling a bit more Nick positive. Why did you think it was a good Nick episode? I just feel like... Mm, I feel like he honestly handled the the Liz departure thing pretty well. Not only that, shades of the axe man there at the end. But the way he handled the Liz thing was the last episode. That wasn't this episode. 
I mean, he talked to the whole house. He did a fucking press conference. But that was in the first five minutes. Like, how does that... I'll also say this. Him and Vanessa, there's some cute shit happening there. There was some uncomfortable shit happening there. Yeah. But there was some real sweet stuff happening. I think that's more Vanessa than it is Nick. I think, I think it's both of them. I think... I think When Nick is around classy ladies, it makes him better. And they're all classy ladies. That's a, um, okay. They're maybe not all of them, but like most of them are. It's 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 a the the. I don't know if the term a wifey comes off as like gross. It is literally. I look at it like a like a dictionary definition that has been established by by the show and by I guess by Unreal also. But like that's a hard sell to to have like um a relationship that you the viewer even as like the most cynical viewer can kind of root for and be like oh. Well, this is nice, and I feel like it has to be. I feel like both parties have to be like pretty, pretty good at it in order to pull it off. And I, I just, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it was really sweet the interactions that that Vanessa and Nick had, and I think that Nick also gets a little bit of credit for that. I guess so. I don't know. I wasn't super impressed with Nick by the end of the episode. The first two episodes, I was like, this dude's just being a fuck boy, but. In this episode, he was he still ends, kind of a little bit. Yeah, yeah he right. ends this episode right back where he started. Sure. Uh, but he has a really great date with Vanessa, so they get this really unique opportunity. Uh, Vanessa meets Nick at an airplane hangar and finds out they're going to go in a zero-G plane, mm-hmm. uh, which, through a series of up-and-down movements, is a plane that is able to create a zero-gravity environment. <laughs> the uh, first week that we had Henry home, we just didn't sleep period and would just like spend our nights walking around and watching shit on our uh, tv on netflix in the bedroom and one of the things we watched just like inexplicably was a documentary about the making of the okay go music video where they were up in a zero g plane and it's really interesting how they do it how not the music video but like how zero g planes work i would fucking love that shit it seems really cool um but I, I watch Vanessa. So Vanessa kind of struggles. Not at first. Uh, at first, they have this really great time, and they're, they're like, floating around and, and having a good time with each other. And then she starts to get really nauseous, and I just had a lot of empathy for her because the pressure change and, and the weight of it and the – I just – I think I would have been super sick. I saw something during this sequence that I've never quite seen before in my life, and it is I don't know that anybody's ever seen anything like it. I have these moments with you sometimes where um, you had food poisoning recently uh, after we had Henry like a a few weeks ago, um, and you were really sick, and you are, you are, you're my wife, and I love you very much, and I I, want to take care of you very much. Um, but I also have these this moment of uncertainty every time you throw up where I don't know if you want me in the room with you helping out or not. Because I also definitely not. Never, ever, thing. ever. So I have this this and I feel like this is a very relatable thing. I have this concern like I should I should be in there with a cool rag or something. No. But I also know very much that you don't want me to see you yards and yeah and. Nick had this moment with Vanessa as she yards into a paper bag, but it was this <laughs> uncertainty was accentuated by the fact that the two of them were floating in zero gravity. <laughs> I've never fucking the, the awkwardness of like I don't know this person very well. This is her first date. I kind of like her, and she's throwing up, and I want to be supportive, but I also think she needs your space. <laughs> but also, we are floating weightlessly through the air. It was this fucking insane modifier. 
to this like this awkward uncertainty and it was the fucking hardest this show has made me laugh in such a long time because i felt so bad for both of them but at the same time it was like it, it was it was unimaginable the the awkwardness yeah. it was a whole nother nick, level nick i mean i guess there there are a lot of ways he could have ended up looking bad so for example at a certain point she does start vomiting if he was just um, in the background doing stunting yeah like, he couldn't have just gone to the other side of the plane and done somersaults. <laughs> <laughs> he had to be supportive. He had to be there for her. But, it, it, what but he, is, is, he is, like, sitting on top so of close. her. And he's doing this, like, very fucking casual lean on the ground, just, like, hand on his cheek, like, elbow resting on the plane, like, half floating in the air. She would, like, warn him. She'd, like, pull the bag to her mouth, and she's like, oh, I'm going to be sick. And he would be, like, right there with his arm around her and like rubbing her foot but it's, while it's, she's vomiting I, again though like what do you do you're in vanessa's shoes you're on the plane because you already said this would be you you're on the plane you're vomiting i'm up there with you it's i would go to a corner like you the cameras would have to follow me to a far corner of the plane and i would be back to the camera like head facing a wall i see i see very privately you would fucking throw open the cargo door and just like (laughs) skydive out (laughs) um yeah and i probably would be saying sentences like you have to land this plane right now it's one of the most (laughs) fucking incredible things i've ever seen because i feel like it's also one of the more relatable things that's ever happened on this show this moment of like should i go and help her out or does she need her space in this, like, vulnerable kind of gross moment, but also we're both fucking flying like Peter Pan through the air. After she's finished, he, like, goes so far as to even, like, kiss her on the mouth. I mean, it is clear that they're, like, chewing gum. Somehow they have acquired gum. But, yeah, he's, like, he's like I'm so cool with this. I'm going to put my mouth I like you your even mouth. more now. <laughs> Thank you so much. I also told Rachel, like, I love you very much, but if we went up in a zero-G plane and we went up with a day full of stunts in mind and then, like... Any any parabolas were denied to us because of your yard thing, I would be very disappointed. Nick Nick hit it very well, but you know my boy was like, I'm gonna do a fucking Tony Hawk 900 up there, and then his plans were his plans were probably thwarted, and he made the best call. I think he saved face and he did the the best thing that Bachelor could do. I personally, I would have been like, baby, <laughs> you would have so, been stunting. I'd been like, baby, I'm sorry, you're doing so bad over there, doing my fucking 900, Mike. <laughs> My Christair and my kickflip and twist and like be like, babe, stunts. babe, stop vomiting for babe, a second. Check it out. Look at this stun I check just out figured 50, 50 out. Nose grind. <laughs> uh, so after they they come back to land, uh, they have a rooftop date at the tallest building in L.A. and they have dinner. And uh, she talks about how important family is to her and how she appreciates that it's important to Nick also, and talks about her grandpa that just passed away a few weeks she before. That, yeah, at her at her grandpa's funeral, which was, like, a few weeks before she left to shoot the show, uh, she talked about, like, in the, uh, like, cars driving to the funeral, each of them got a single red rose, and she was like, that's a sign from my, from my grandpa that he's going to be with me during this journey. It was sweet, and Nick seemed very, very affected by it. And then she asked the question that I think so far we have not seen a woman ask him, which is, quote, why would you do this again? Which I was like, thank you, yeah. Vanessa, for finally asking that question. And then he must have talked for a very long time because we get this clip about him talking about Andy and how he had feelings for her. And then he doesn't seem to talk about Caitlin at all. And then he talks about how he's not sure he can trust his emotions. 
And then, um, and then he gets a little bit teary and he feels like his date with Vanessa today really kind of reaffirmed that he can be comfortable, uh, and that he can trust this process again. And he gives her a rose. It was real sweet. Uh, so then it's time for the group. She's going to win the show. We both looked at each other and she was like, she's going to like, yeah. I don't, I don't know who, at the, and again, it's really early and there, certainly there have been more surprising, like mid to late season turnabouts. Like whenever I see stuff like this, I always keep like Catherine and Sean in mind. Cause Catherine did not come out as a front runner until like the last two, three episodes. And then she like yeah. crushed it. Uh, and they're still together. Um, so obviously that worked. Uh, but yeah, I, I always keep that in mind, but this, it's, it, this is such a strong start start and I just don't know who else even has any, any kind of start at all. Um, so it's group date time. Group date is Rachel, Alexis, Astrid, Jamie, Sarah, Brittany, and Dominique. And it is a track and field date. And so they're all out on a track and they're all wearing their athletic gear. There's, there's seven women there. Uh, and Nick says that he competed in track in high school and college, and he's going to have some friends to help out today. And then he brings out three very famous athletes, only one of which I recognize because I am not up on athletes. Uh, and that athlete was Carl Lewis. Yes. There are other women that I know are also famous athletes, but I am not an athlete. You're not enthusiast. a big sports show. No. Uh, and there are, uh, the women are informed they're all going to compete in the Nick Athlon. That's fun. Which involves a long jump, which is set up to look like they're jumping a limo, a high jump where they jump into Nick's face, (laughs) (laughs) and a javelin throw where they throw into a heart. Uh, So not a decathlon, like, it's a fun name, it's a fun play on words, but there were not even close to 10 events. Um, And so then the athletes are going to pick the top three to compete for the prize, which is just a hot tub with Nick. It's kind of a this lame day, prize. I told Rachel, like, um, Unreal, the dates on the, the TV show Unreal, uh, which we've talked about before. It's like a fictional scripted TV show on Lifetime about Everlasting, which is like a fictional version of this. Like, the dates on it are so cornball, like, parody of the dates on these on this franchise. This date was, like, straight up, like... You have to run and grab the engagement ring and then jump into the hot tub with them. And it's like, fucking come yeah. on, dudes. Yeah, it was For lame. real. Uh, so the women that get picked to go on are Rachel, Alexis, and Astrid. And- the visual of people jumping over the... Uh, Alexis, first of all, has some fucking hops. The visual of people jumping over that high, ball into, uh, high bar into a... Um, a gigantic glossy JPEG of of Nick is one of the funnier things I've I've seen this season. Uh and so the final three women are doing like a hundred yard dash, and then at the end of it, they have to grab the ring and get to the hot tub. So Rachel is the clear, clear front runner. Yeah, Rachel kills it, but but she grabs for the ring. It falls off the pedestal, and she has to kind of pivot and turn back. Well, the third place person at this time is Alexis a- Astrid. Oh, Astrid, right? So Astrid takes advantage of this opportunity, goes to reach for the ring. Rachel meets her there, steps on it, smashes it, it explodes, and Ray or Astrid. I get them confused all the time, dude. Astrid picks up the one largest piece of the ring that remains and gets in the hot tub and wins. And this was presented like super slow mo. I was actually worried that uh, Astrid had hurt herself because, like, 
she had her hand down there when Rachel <laughs> made this thing explode. Um, but no, she was fine. And then they, she got in a hot tub and some Lululemons. Henry's in the studio now. Let's see if he cooperates or if we have to record the last 10 minutes of this episode tomorrow, that would be such a bummer. Um, so yes. So, uh, hot tub. At, yes. Astrid wins the hot tub. Um, Nick actually congratulates her on kind of winning. Um, and then we move on to the, uh, next part of the date. Before we do, like, we get some footage of Dominique, uh, who was on the date, and the whole time she was talking about how she just, like, felt like Nick wasn't feeling it, and she hadn't gotten any time, and that she, at the end of this date, she was so disappointed, it was because this is the first date she'd been on, um, that, like, Nick is giving time to every other woman but her, um, and that she's, like, feeling pretty dejected about the yeah, whole Yeah, this is kind of a classic... Reminds me of the Axeman season, where some of the women just feel like The Bachelor isn't making enough effort to come to them. Like, she felt like Nick wasn't coming to her enough and, and trying to make an effort. So she uh, goes into the bathroom, uh, sort of... When they get to the next location. When they get to the, the Big Daddy's antique store, um, she goes into the bathroom and she is with, with Rachel and Rachel's trying to talk her through it. And Rachel's actually being really sweet, but like, uh, you can tell that Dominique is really upset. And yeah, they keep saying the phrase they keep saying over and over again is Dominique is in her own head, which like, yeah, people get like this, like every season and she's not wrong, right? Like she's not as a viewer at home. I don't know if it's just the edit that she's getting, but it sure seems like she's just like not really getting a, a fair shake. Yeah. So, at some point, um, so first Nick pulls away. Who is it? Uh, she pulls away. He, he pulls away Astrid, who won and gives her a fixed version of the ring that got exploded. Yeah, and uh. and while this is happening, Dominique is is starting to melt down a little bit. We get a like three second long scene with uh, Jamie, who in the last episode we uh, he she she revealed that in the last episode she revealed that she had dated a woman before. Um, which we talked about how, like, we were a little bit disappointed that they didn't kind of dig into that a little bit deeper. Um, in this, uh, literally, like, three-second-long thing, uh, it cuts to a conversation of them. And it's one of those conversations that we talked about last week, too, where it's, like, you talk and you get, like, one sentence, and then it cuts back to more behind-the-scenes stuff of the more, like, prominent drama of the episodes. But she says... Uh, that she didn't want him to think that she was just the weird lesbian or whatever. And he's like, oh, I didn't think that about you. Yeah. And that's fucking all that we get. Like, it is such a... Yeah, so we're left speculating, like, was she apologizing for sharing that she it's a weird thing. dated I'm sure a there woman? Was so much more to that conversation. And and I don't know why they would cut all that stuff out, Um but yeah, that was a that was that was really really weird, and again, like st- still kind of disappointing. Like I wanted them to kind of go into that a little bit more, and the one very small part of this conversation they showed was her. It looked like apologizing for saying that she had dated a woman before, which was like a pretty I don't know. It was a pretty uh, whack cross section for them to for them to pull out. Can you read my handwriting? Not though? at all. <laughs> uh, uh, so Dominique decides that she's going to talk to Nick. And I think that she's going to put it more from a I place of I feel that when you do this. But instead, she's like, uh, Nick, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, you had lots of opportunities to come talk to me. You didn't do it. You didn't reassure me. 
You know, you didn't try to get to know me. I don't think it mattered how she phrased it. Like, I just don't think Nick was really was really feeling it. And so... Yeah, and so he's he's listening to her, and he's saying, you know what, you're right. Uh, my relationships are progressing with some women. They're not progressing with you, though. And I think it's only fair to let you know that uh, I don't think it's happening. And Axeman. Sent her home. That's wrong. And, like, we, it's a weird double standard. We can't not celebrate that kind of behavior here. Like, if it, if it wasn't popping off there, yeah... I think you got to send the women home if it's not happening. Don't make them wait to the rose ceremony to be sent off in obscurity. Like you, like what happened in the first episode when eight women got sent home and we only thought two did because just we didn't know anything about them. So that was the group date. And then we cut to the next morning. You think he's going to be a trooper th- for, for these last like five minutes? We'll see, won't we? <laughs> uh, Chris Harrison walks into the room wearing what, for Chris Harrison, a fairly loud shirt, a fairly loud flannel shirt. This is shirt. the next morning, by the way. Walks into the room with all the with all the, the contestants and says, what's up? And I was like, <laughs> what's going, what the fuck is going on in this parallel universe? <laughs> Sorry, Henry. Um, sh- he lets them know that uh, Nick has decided there will be no uh, cocktail party that night. Which is always kind of a mean joke to pull on everybody in the house because then it's immediately yeah, it's followed like up Yeah, it's like Nick with, knows what he wants to do. And so there's going to be no cocktail party, but there's going to be a pool party. You have one hour. Go get ready. Yeah. And immediately everybody like Kool-Aid man busts through the wall to go like get 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 their to go on. To go do all the waxing that is required. And then we get a pretty horny montage of just like... Like a lot of like swimsuits being applied, and then Nick shows up, and everybody's like, "Take all of your clothes off, very very slow, while I put this ointment on you." <laughs> yeah, the women make a point that they've been trapped in this house. All they've had to think about is Nick, and they know this is kind of their last shot. And so it's just like a free for all. Like one woman is oiling them up with suntan lotion. Um, the other one is there is other stuff that was happening. A lot of stuff that's happening. So yeah. but Corinne's got a plan. Corinne's got a plan. Corn has, I guess, bought a bouncy castle. I don't know how she arranged this. Yeah, this is... I don't know how this came about. Yeah, but there was a big bouncy castle in the front of the house. She gets Nick into the bouncy castle. They're both jumping around talking about how fucking cool it is and how it's the best thing that's ever happened to them, this bouncy castle, which made me think, like, for real, guys? It's a bouncy castle. Meanwhile, like, all the women are watching. Yes, uh, and then we get... Uh, sorry, we're rushing through this mainly because it was kind of... It was it was literally like the last six minutes of the show. Like they rushed through this. Also, Corn was like on top of him in the bouncy castle and like kissing him and talking about how he was her prince or whatever. Um, and he was did not seem to be complaining about any of this. Yeah, it was a very like sexual encounter, and all of the women are like, it was a sexual encounter in a bouncy castle, which is the most Corn thing ever. I feel like it, it's a perfect sort of metaphor. I feel like for her approach to this. To this television show? Yeah, I, man, I appreciated one of the women confronts Nick. I can't remember. I think it was Vanessa and says, I'm not throwing shade at Corinne. I'm throwing shade at you, Nick. Yeah, so the, the, uh, the confrontations that happen after this, everybody's pretty upset. Um, Jasmine G, who like had been having some fun and like there was a shot of her like kissing his like neck and face and he was like what are you doing uh careful all the women are watching and then cut to like one minute later him making out with corn in a fucking bouncy castle and didn't seem to be 
complaining about that. Uh, Raven was the first to come up and be like, look, you need to know that something's off with one of the women. It's corn. She's 24 years old and she, she has, has a, a nanny. nanny. And he's like, what? What's the nanny do? And she's like, she, he, she cooks for her. She doesn't know how to clean a spoon by herself. And Nick was like, hmm, 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 hmm okay. Uh, and then Vanessa, we end the episode with Vanessa coming up and being like, straight up, like... Yeah, like, no shade I feel of Corinne. Like I, 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 no, I'm not judging Cor- Corinne. Corn. Corinne does Corinne. Uh, I'm looking at you and wondering what you're doing. I don't know if you're wanting to get married or if you're just looking for somebody to fuck around with. Yeah, It's a Vanessa. direct quote. And it's like, holy shit. Yeah, Vanessa. This is, this is a big subversion of, like... Um, the 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 wifey archetype if you want to call it that i can't think of another time where like a front front runner wifey type person like the day after like their date was like hey quit fucking around yeah it was fucking radical it was it was because i mean she's right and it's it's the ultimate conflict of the show right every single bachelor goes through this where there are some women that they're very serious about uh, and then there are some women that they just have a sexual attraction to. Right. And they can't really justify the disconnect between their behavior with both women. Right. Uh, and Vanessa's like, well, what's the deal? Like, are you are you here for Corinne or are you here for me? Uh, and that's our cliffhanger. Um, another episode that doesn't end with a rose ceremony, but we've kind of come to expect it at this point. That was the episode. It fucking ruled. This season has been hot, hot fucking fire so far. Um and yeah i'm just i'm just hoping that the worm doesn't kind of turn here uh in the next few episodes yeah the teasers kind of suggest that it might um the next episode it looks like uh corn and taylor are gonna get into a bit of a sparring match but um i will have to see what happens sorry our baby's just like a i feel like we're in the movie speed right now and we're trying to keep podcasting a a certain like (laughs) uh tempo to keep him okay um yeah thanks for listening thank you again to max fun for having us go check out the maximum fun network at maximumfun.org. um go join the rose buddies facebook group um unless you're starting your facebook account today and your job is taste tester at well now the baby's in the room so i can't say it but pussy <laughs> um big thanks to our sponsors this week akila and the bee um you can get it now <laughs> go and, out and see go it go out and get on a red box for 199 you're gonna love it um and anything else no, that's it. We haven't been to the P.O. Box this week. I've so. been to the P.O. Box. Sorry. Apologies. Sorry. Uh, I was really excited. There's some great fan art this week oh, um, yeah. that I retweeted on Twitter. Oh, if you ever want to follow us you on Twitter. You retweeted it on, on Twitter, you said? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> if you ever want to follow us, I'm Rachel C. McElroy. I'm Griffin McElroy, and we also have Rose Buddies on Twitter, but we don't tweet from that very often. Facebook's kind of the home of the Rose Buddies. We have to end the podcast. I'm having an anxiety attack because of the baby. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Until next time, see you next week. I'm Griffin McElroy. I'm Rachel McElroy. When you're ready. We did it. We did it. Final Rose. Stay with us on this journey of joy. Spoiler alert. She ends up with Soldier Boy. Right Reese's. Right Reese's. Can you feel all four seasons?